Good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. How's everybody doing tonight? Hopefully everyone is calming down, coming down off the rooftops. Um, JMU is six and two. <laughs> they are still ranked third in the nation. Nothing has nothing is effed, dude. <laughs> Hopefully everyone is recovering, as you can tell from my voice. I'm not fully recovered from a long homecoming weekend, but a wonderful homecoming weekend. I'm right weekend. there with you. I've been, my yeah. voice was struggling Saturday night. Yeah, I think the first – it is – I mean, it was kind of the first day, I think, for most people that we've been, like, outside all day in the cold, yeah. too, you know. Yeah. But as always, and with extra bit of pride tonight, we are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing Company in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the tap room anytime. Mention the podcast and you will get a free Pale Fire pint glass. We will come back to Pale Fire a little bit in our overtime tonight, but we just are really grateful to Pale Fire for everything they've done. We had a blast up there on Friday night. We'll be looking forward to coming back to circling back to that at the end tonight. Uh, before we get into the football, we did just want to mention congratulations to the women's soccer team. Uh, they won in the semifinals on Sunday, two to one over Charleston. And they will host at Centera Park at 1 p.m. this Saturday, the championship game against Hofstra. So there's no football in town, but if any, uh, especially for students, not that any of them listen to us, but that's a really great opportunity at 1 p.m. on Saturday to get, go play for a trophy. Yeah. So, yeah, and a, and a tournament berth and everything else. So what a recovery from a team that, that uh, had a bit of a slow start to the season to win the regular season, uh, be hosting the tournament, and now be playing for a – Playing for a ship. It's pretty, pretty good stuff from the women. Um, the men's soccer team, also, they actually were upset over the weekend, but they play on this coming Saturday. They will play at some point this coming Saturday as well. Uh, don't know where and when. And the field hockey team, um, they sort of backed their way into the tournament, but they did get into the tournament. Uh, the CAA field hockey tournament doesn't only has four teams, so they will go travel to Delaware at 3 p.m. on Friday. Uh, Delaware's the top seed, but congrats to the field hockey program getting back into the CAA tournament. So lots of fall trophies to be awarded coming up very soon and certainly looking forward to women's soccer on Saturday. Um, I don't know. I think uh, don't forget, as always, you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcast, whether that whether we're on there or not. I don't think I have anything else too much for the intro, Rob. You got anything else? Uh, no, no, it's just um, no, we got, we got a pretty yeah, good guest. I guess we can kick it to now. You want to, you want to, yeah. And, uh, yeah, before we get to the guest, I, I would say, um, people panic. We, every, JMU was, it, JMU fans were clearly into it with Kennesaw today or Kennesaw fans. Um, I'm not saying, Ken, we, we are not saying Kennesaw does not deserve the number two ranking. We're just saying that Kennesaw fans are the new Sam Houston fans. Yeah, there, so. there is a bit of that. Like, they seem, I, I just saw that on Twitter and they seem completely oblivious to the idea that something called strength of schedule does matter to some people. I'm not, I'm not saying it's the NLBL, yes. but they're like, how can anybody question us? Well, well, you play in a trash yeah. conference. I mean, and also that's kind of, that's, that's kind of college sports. Not everybody plays each other. You've so also you, been here for like five minutes. Like, yeah, whatever. Turnover plank or not. Give it a rest. Yeah. Yeah, that's enough with plank. Yep. All right. <laughs> uh, but we are really excited tonight to welcome uh, one of the best guests we've had on the podcast uh, ever. Uh, last year we had him on, and Rob and I felt like we were talking to an old friend. The, he's close to our age and, and, uh, and just a really knowledgeable sports fan all the way around and someone who is uh, sort of understands JMU sports through and through. 
and we're I think it's safe to say Rob it's it's pretty cool that he's coming back on as a for a second time guest when the other second time coach guest was a championship winner from lacrosse. Yeah, and this is, I mean yeah. we just recorded this earlier this evening and uh, really enjoyed it. It's Coach O'Regan for basketball. Um, but mm-hmm. I think everybody else should enjoy it too. He's, he's a great guy, a lot of insight, a lot of enthusiasm, and has me very excited about this year's women's hoop team, hoops team. Yep. So with that, just to let you know, there may be a little bit of break here before we get him in, but uh, welcome Coach O'Regan. I'm here now. All, All right. right. Welcome. To, we're, we're really excited. Uh, welcome, women's basketball coach, Sean O'Regan. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Thank you. No problem. I think we, we got to start off. Yeah, thank you for being with us. Um, we got to start off by telling you, uh, I think you're the second coach that we will have had on for the second time. Okay, great. And and the other one is Coach Shelley from Women's All Lacrosse. Right. I mean, good company. So, yeah, maybe it's a little uh, national, yeah. national championship. Reverse drinks here. <laughs> no pressure, though, Coach. Yeah, right, right. I'm on my right. way. Yeah, that's right. Um, thank you so much for making the time, Coach. Uh, we were so thrilled. We, we kind of bumped into you at halftime <laughs> of the football game this weekend. It was great to actually meet you in person, talk yeah, to you it was, again. It was fun. What a game, so, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yes. What an ending, huh? <laughs> yeah, and for all the fans out there, you hear how the coach said that? What a game. <laughs> <laughs> They got the win. Yeah, the sky <laughs> is not falling, people. <laughs> and congratulations. Yeah, Harrisonburg to, uh, is still standing. You're, you're a Red Sox fan, right, Coach? I am. I am. Uh, I've had some late nights. I'm, I'm as relieved to see them win as I can actually go to bed at a decent hour now. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing this isn't dragging out to next week and the first week of the no, season. No doubt. Right? No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, Coach, I... Uh, we, we got to start you off with the first one. Uh, we kind of started Coach Shelley off this way, sure. too. Um, you guys were picked to win the CIA this year. Uh, can you do it? Uh, yeah, we can. We can. Um, <laughs> that's, again, that's exactly the answer we all want well, to Well, you know, I could give no. you some coach talk or something like that. Where it's yeah. Like, yeah, we got it. You know, like, no, honestly, if, if we do what, what I think we're capable of doing, I think we, we, we do. I think we're, we're the best. I think we're the most talented team in the league. I think we got to go out there and earn it. But – uh, I do think we're the most talented team in the league with, with the best player in the league with my small. So for me, that's, that's the goal. Um, and, you know, obviously one day at a time and all that, but you know, that's, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Speaking of Kamaya, uh, Nikki Newman was on the podcast a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and she specifically called out the work Kamaya has been putting in the summer. And so that we as fans should really expect her to take, you know, another step forward and be even better than she's been in the past. Yeah. How excited are you about her and, and the other players development coming out of the summer? No, she, she, you know, she stands above uh, for sure. And she's just, she's one of those that this is her whole world. And, um, you know, with, with, with that sort of mentality, 
You know, she she's bound to be special. She's putting in so much time, and she's understood. What I love about her, I call her a single trial learner. So mm-hmm. you know, you don't mm-hmm. have to tell her something twice. And, and for for me, that that's so it's so refreshing. To, like I watched film with her today. We we scrimmaged um we scrimmaged at school over the mountain uh, <laughs> on Saturday, and she played she played great. And one of the things she was very conscious of this this summer was that people were going under screens and people were laying off her and, and there were teams that played a zone because we couldn't shoot the three. So she goes seven for 13 from three, you know, against Virginia. So mm. it's something it, it's paying dividends for her. And she's, she's worked hard to earn every little bit of that, but it's something she wants. So, you know, she preseason player of the year. She, she wants that pressure. She likes that. And she, she likes the challenge. She wants to be a pro players in the past that, they want to play, but she is to, to be a pro. So she's putting in the time. And, and yeah, I think uh, Nikki's diagnosis is good and that people should be, should be, uh, I don't know, kind of uh, waiting to see her play. That would be great to see this year. Yeah. So coach, what are some other names that fans maybe this year are either, I, I don't know if completely unfamiliar or, you know, it could be sure. freshmen sure. for sure. Um, but anybody else maybe that you're excited to have back that wasn't maybe the top two or three names on the roster sure. last year that people can sure. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the Lexi Barrier, obviously, I think she's she's one everybody mm-hmm. knows about. Kelly Cashew is one everybody knows about. Um, and even Logan Reynolds. So, um, for me, the one that, that no one really, you know, I think remembers is even there is the transfer from Siena. Her name's Jackie Benitez. And, mm. man, the kid is electric. I mean, it's – now she's okay. been in and out with with my minor injuries, so we haven't yet really got the full taste of her yet. But man, she, um, you know, she came in the other day in practice, and I think she had four threes in a row. And we haven't had that, you know, re- we've had it with Precious Hall, but but you know, last year felt like we didn't have that at all. So Jackie Benitez is the one. Once she gets out there, I think we'll really surprise mm-hmm. some people, and, and people will be grabbing their what, what you call them the game day programs to to see what number what, what who's number fifty five, you know. Um, but she, she's going to be special and she's going to help put us really over the top because I do think, I think Kamaya is good enough to, to take us, you know, a long way, but, you know, being able to, to hit back-to-back threes, you know, really in 30 seconds is something that, that Jackie can help us do. So, um, she'll end up being a junior for us. Um, you know, I think our freshmen, uh, we have three freshmen that, um, have been practicing every day and they've, they've all been different. We got the kid from Canada who shined in her own way. Uh, the kid from Winchester, Madison Green, who uh, is a little pit bull, man. She's <laughs> you, you just don't want to cross her the wrong way. But but um, this kid we got from from DC, her name's Jalen Caradine. I mean, she, she's just a mm-hmm. just an absolute freak athlete. Now sometimes she doesn't know, you know, which will go to left <laughs> or right, but 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 she can go get an impressive <laughs> offensive rebound. So I think her flash, you'll see her um, mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, earlier, I guess, um, that, than the other two, just because she's going to do something that really wows you. So, so I'd say Jalen Caradon and, and Jackie Benitez would be the two that I think will get people's attention pretty quick. That's great. So now the season starts off. You got an exhibition uh, against Post this weekend, but then mm-hmm. you start off against GW next week. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit or tell us about your philosophy in setting the off con- the um, out of conference schedule? Sure. No, I just uh, honestly. There's two two goals. One is um, give us give us a chance to, to have a good RPI at the end of the year. That's my that's my first and and 
most important goal is to play high quality teams. Uh, so GW, Georgetown, St. John's, Dayton, you know, um, Got Maryland up yeah, on the road too, right? I uh, don't want to forget that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but even like you know Hampton and Liberty, those are traditionally top 100 RPI teams. That that yeah, you can go play them on the road. It, it's going to be a tough one, but if you can get it, it helps your RPI. So um, the whole goal for me, and I, you know, we we talk as CAA coaches quite a bit. We want to get two two teams in the in the in the dance, and and what's What's amazing to me is that the Atlantic 10, the last two years has been below us as a conference RPI, but they've got two teams in and we've only got one because mm-hmm. we just haven't, mm. you know, again, we got to be top heavy, you know, we got to find one or two teams to, to rise to the top. But um, anyway, that's goal. Number one, number two is getting some regional games. So I was really pleased. Um, my assistant coach, Ian Caskell, he does a lot of the contacting for us now. So he got mm-hmm. a GW Georgetown. Um, we almost had a deal with with George Mason, um, you know. And so now, if you count it up, you know, GW Georgetown, Maryland, uh, Liberty, Hampton. There, there's you're growing a little bit with that circumference, you know, with the the surrounding sure. area. So still want to add, we're we're, we're working very dig- diligently to get Old Dominion, and we've got a a three year series with Virginia coming up starting next year. So so we're you know we're getting there. Um, obviously chasing down the, the ODU, the VCU, the, the Mason are, are next on my list, but we're getting there. So, uh, you know, regional and then good teams. You know, I, I really, you know, next on my list is is finding a way to get Gino to play a home and home. You know, I want that. I want that challenge in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, coach, on the RPI thing, I got a kind of dumb fan yeah. question here. Are, are you all, are the women still using the RPI? Uh, actually, like I saw yeah. the men are moving to that net thing yeah, or something we, right we are to uh, actually for our tiebreaker oh, um oh okay. but you know oh for the conference yeah. that's the tie that'll yeah, be a tie instead breaker. of rpi because last oh. year when we tied with drexel we had the exact same losses uh to, to drexel and to elon oh. so it went to the rpi um but now mm-hmm. it's, you're exactly right it's um i can't remember what it's called yeah i don't yeah, know what it's called it. it's some catchy initials you know uh right <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's, um, that, that's what we're going to now. I'll still be using RPI. I'll probably be calling it RPI for the next five years or so. Yeah. Every other coach and fan. I mean, we're still calling it one day right, in football. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> um, coach, what we, one question we're really, uh, you know, pretty pleased to be talking sure. about this year is the new arena. So we saw the big hole in the ground yeah. this weekend. Uh, it seems to be getting bigger by the Great. day. Um, what's that like for you? in recruiting and just having that to sell looking forward. I mean, I know you've got your freshman class already loaded for this year, but as you look ahead down the road, is, is that helping you, helping you out or, or is that fun to have with you it's when awesome. you go on the road? And, and, uh, no, it really is. And it's, it's, uh, it's now becoming a reality. So, so we, we've been talking mm-hmm. about this thing for, I, I bet you five or six years in that hey, right. they're raising money, you know, they're raising money for it and it, we're working our way there. And <laughs> now it's like when we touring, uh, we had a kid here this weekend, it, it was, you're driving past it and you can see the work being done. It's like, no, no, it's going right there. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so mm-hmm. for us, we've been talking about it for the last probably two, two and a half years. We've been showing the fly through video every, every recruiting mm-hmm. visit. So it's, it is, it's, sure. a, it's a legitimate game changer. And I think for, in more ways than one, I mean, I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, being able to bring, even bring shows and bands and stuff and, and performers, I think yeah. that, 
that helps with, you know, you know how the 18 to 22 year olds are, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, yes. <laughs> so, so they want yeah. some of that too. So it, it, it affects everything. And, and I just, you know, my, my hope is that I, I have a strong uh, tie to the, to the convocation center. And it's, we have so many mm-hmm. good memories in there where the floor is shaking after you hit, you know, you get the and one and, you know, all that stuff. And it's, I, I just want to make sure that's duplicated. And, and that's been my message with the, you know, the planners and the administration the whole time is like, don't go corporate <laughs> on me now, you know, like keep, keep yeah. this right. thing where right. that's what makes JMU so special is that they have, yeah, you got to see where they're going to put yeah. the pet band, <laughs> pet band, really close, really close. Yes. Um, yes. Get some yes. cement walls in here too. That really yeah. bad acoustic. Right, right, right. Um, but no, so it, it, it's been, it's been awesome for us talking about it. And actually we just got, um, I can't say her name or anything. A nice commitment yep. uh, yesterday from a kid I think who's pretty Woo-hoo. good. So, um, it, again, it, it, it plays a big role. Well, that's great. Now, in terms of your competition, the CAA, obviously you, you guys were picked first, and we'd love to hear that. But Drexel uh, yep. shared the title with you guys last year, and Elon has won the past two CAA tournaments. Yep. They're right on your heels. I think Elon is a little younger this sure. year. But um, how do you, how do you break down the competition in the conference? Yeah, I mean it's uh, I I think what what I've been saying about Elon is is they're they're super young and they're they're very inexperienced. But I've been on, I've been on a pro a team in a program that's won it two years in a row, and and you just there's a different um, aura, right? So it's I think you've now become a program. You've now become a, an established mm-hmm. program that you think you're going to win every night, and that might give you an extra couple of victories just right there, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Elon's going to be very good. They, they got, I think they got a really good point guard. They got a really good defender and she's got a system where they're tough and they know, they know how to win. So, um, them, I, I think Denise Dillon is the, is one of the best coaches in the country. Um, and mm-hmm. they'll, they'll be good. It's amazing what she does year after year when every year it's like, Hey, who'd they lose? Oh, they're going to be down. No, they're not. You know, they're, yeah. mm-hmm. they're going to be right there at 14 and four, 15 and three or something like that. And, and, um, so those, those two, and then, you know, poor Delaware, man, they, they, they lost the returning player of the year. <laughs> oh, poor Delaware. <laughs> well, I give them poor Delaware. I mean, they, they had a kid, uh, Nicole and Abosi won preseason or one player of the year last year as a junior and tore ACL. Mm-hmm. She was playing on the Nigerian national team. Uh. So. You know, I feel for them because yeah, I want that. You know, like I loved when Deladon was in the league and we got the game plan. Like, give me that mm-hmm. challenge. That's like, you know. So um, for Nicole, that was that was sad to see that happen to her. But they're still going to be good. They got a good nucleus, and I think, you know, I think the rest of it, even five, six, seven. I think UNC Wilmington's got a couple players. The kid Sharita Parker who transferred from Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, you could go down the line. William and Mary's got a first team All Conference kid. So. What I'm really hoping is that we can keep the momentum going with the league and and finish seventh, eighth, ninth, you know, as a conference. And I want I want that mm-hmm. two teams in. You know, when I first got in this league, that's what it was. It was Old Dominion all the time, and then you know VCU, yeah, Delaware, Delaware yeah, you know. So yeah, um, I just want that. So I'll be rooting. I have my pom poms out for for the league the first ten games until we start in league play. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think Delaware, Elon. Um, so I think that's the that's the the three you know most um, most in my in my on my radar. But but there's there's some good teams in the league. <laughs> that, yeah, that's good to hear. I, I gotta ask you, I, I, you know, we I, I feel like this is the mandatory question for people in the women's game. Um, 
but it, but it, I was going to ask you just about UConn, but I really wanted to kind of ask, bring it back to JMU mm-hmm. a little bit. And did you and your players and, and maybe even you, your fellow coaches in the league, like when you see something like the women's lacrosse team win the national championship, is that a, a motivator for you all? Or kind of an exciting thing for you all to think about what might be possible. Yeah, out there. you know, I, I think so. I think it all. It's a different sport. No, but, I know. I mean, it's totally you're right. different. It, it opens up but... a possibility to me. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. what can you do? And yeah, it is. It's a different sport, and it's uh, you know, it's, it, I give them all the credit in the world. I think that's awesome for for them. It's awesome for the universities, really. But um, yeah, I, I just think um, I think it's it's just great for you know your your players to know like yeah, you got you guys put it together. Any anything is possible. Now I don't know. Yeah, I know we win the national championship, but let's start with <laughs> let's start with an NCAA tournament and then the Sweet Sixteen. That'd be, you know, and, yeah, and that's what yeah. I think we can do. You know, we we graduate only two, so we have six juniors that are I think all conference mm-hmm. level, almost all of them. And so it's like I got two years mm-hmm. with these kids. You know, if we can get to a tournament yeah. this year, get an experience, and now you're going back where they're seniors and you know what to do. That's where I think you can really mm-hmm. make your make your run. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think that it was it was it was one of the coolest things I watched. I watched it with my wife. We were celebrating our ten year anniversary. <laughs> we went to a bar right outside of like uh, I don't know where we were, but uh, Northern Virginia area, and it was it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome to watch. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Now I guess I guess Todd, you were getting to this, but the old UConn, yeah. you know, everybody said, "Oh, is it good for the game? Good for the game." Well, they didn't win, first of all, and <laughs> I'd have to think. To me, as a, as a fan, it's unquestionably good for the game. Yeah. I think the entire profile of women's basketball has risen largely due to UConn. And then, like, last year's Final Four with the buzzer beaters mm-hmm. and everything, with them losing, I know you mentioned Della Don. I live up here in Northern Virginia, so with the run she took the Mystics on, right. there's a lot of excitement around the women's game in general. Um, what do you think about UConn and, and the dominance? Do you agree? Am I crazy, or do you think it is good for the game? No, I'm, I'm, one, of the, I'm one of those UConn fans in a way. Um, I just – I enjoy, you know, I, I, I enjoy and I want to study excellence as much as possible. And that's what he's done over, mm-hmm. over that span of time. I mean, you're building that thing from the ground up, and he ends up getting to a point where, I mean, it's, it's incredible. They win 100 games in a row. I mean, that's oh, mind-blowing. But, but yeah. um, no, I th- I th- I, I'm all for it. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people are making fun of the NBA right now with the Warriors and how everybody's playing for second place. Well, that's the whole fun. I think that's if you get yeah. it, who's going to beat them? You know, when mm-hmm. when the and I hate the Yankees mm-hmm. now, but when the Yankees were that good, <laughs> it was like who's going to beat them? Mm-hmm. You know, and and where's yeah. that yeah. moment going to come? And you know, that's where I think it's that's what makes it fun. Is that like yeah, you got Goliath, right? Let's let's mm-hmm. let's, let's see what happens. You know, that's what I think is more mm-hmm. compelling than. Then parody, you know, um, you know the the men's college basketball I think is in a tough spot because the first the first round, first two rounds of the NCAA tournament are awesome. Everybody loves mm-hmm. the underdogs and everybody loves the the upsets, but it's not it's almost not as fun when they get down to that like mm-hmm. elite eight, final four because now it's just it's just again anybody's game. It's not like yeah. Duke has mm-hmm. won it four years in a row. Who's going to knock Duke up? I think that's more of a compelling um, audience. But that's again, that's my personal opinion, and everybody disagrees. But um, you know, I think those, those moments. I mean, you talk about the kid who hit the shot for Mississippi State two years ago to be UConn. That, yeah. that made oh yeah, that kid. That's kid going to be remembered forever for that because of UConn's legacy. Yeah, right. right. So I, I'm I'm in for that. <laughs> 
cool. Nice. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I think it's definitely more compelling, and it's definitely. I mean, I started tuning in. And I got to be honest. I started yeah. tuning in not only to JMU but to UConn. You hear right. the streak. You want to do it, and you, you want to see if somebody can beat them. Right. And it's, I mean, it's jumping off the mm-hmm. couch stuff yeah. when when they are able to, <laughs> to do it. So. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 JMU winning the football championship two years ago wouldn't be the same if it didn't go through. Right. Go to state. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. That, you that, know. Uh, you know. Yeah. Goliath, man. You got to take it to Goliath. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, coach, we were just wondering, do you have a favorite? Uh, you mentioned the Warriors and uh, your Sox fan, so I don't know if it's the C's, but are you a NBA fan, WNBA fan? Do you have any favorite teams? On yeah, the uh, I, I love the Celtics. And uh, I haven't I haven't <laughs> always enjoyed watching them as much as I watch them now. Um, you know, I'm, right. I'm more of – Oh, they're good you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, Brad Stevens, count me in for that guy. Uh, but oh, yeah. but I, ha- to be, I can't claim loyalty to the Celtics my whole life. You know, even though I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm from New England, I can't do that. I just – you know, I for some reason I I couldn't stand Antoine Walker back in the day. I just couldn't do it. I just I don't know why. But it's that low percentage reverse turnaround. I mean, just kills uh, a coach. The shimmy, right? the yeah. whole like stop doing yeah, it. The um, but no, now I, I mean, again, I I wish they were still that cute team. You know, before they went and got Kyrie and Gordon, like it was so fun to watch them in the playoffs last year. Being you know like Ter- Terry Rozier, I mean that. that that's a that's an awesome story, and and I think Brad is is an unbelievable coach, and he gets how unique is it, right? In a league that that basically says their coaches are less valuable than the players, that every one of those players mm-hmm. says like, man, Brad is unbelievable, Coach Steve. Like that is that's insane to me. That means he is that good. But um, I think they're they're special, and I I'll enjoy them until. I don't know that things comes crashing down, you know, hopefully, hopefully years from now, but yeah, uh, I don't see that coming <laughs> crashing down anytime soon. No, me neither. no that, that per, field goal percentage out of time is incredible. Right. And he gets these yeah. NBA guys to execute. I mean, that, that's, that's, the, right. that's half the battle, but yeah. um, no, I, I generally, as a, as a, the Boston Red Sox are the only team I really watch religiously. So if I turn on the NFL or the NBA or WNBA, I'm just watching just to watch, you know, especially with basketball. Mm-hmm. It's like, show me something, you know, show yeah. me a play or yeah. a move or something like that. I, I really don't have the, uh, the fanatic in me unless it comes to the Red Sox. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Cool. Well, thank you so much, coach. Um, we are really looking forward to seeing your team this year, hoping to make it up there yeah, at some so. point. Hope so. uh, yeah. So hopefully there'll be lots of December home football and people can, Combine that with a JMU basketball game yeah, at in. some point. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but thank you again for the time this year. And we just – we wish your team the best of luck. They're one of the – and I know we, we were up there all weekend this weekend, and we have a bunch of friends in Harrisonburg now. And your program has just it, – it's the one that I think makes people the happiest awesome. who are local. <laughs> you know, they really come out and support and – it's just – it's always exciting to talk to people up there because that is the team that they seem to gravitate towards. To yeah. no, well, th- well, thanks so. for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. And you know I'll do this anytime. Oh, thanks, Coach. <laughs> thanks, All Coach. Right. All right. Talk okay. to you next time. All right. See ya. And welcome back to the pod. Uh, huge thanks again to Coach O. Uh, from women's basketball, really excited for their season coming up. Rob, that was really cool to hear about the uh, sort of the three-point development from, you know, and may- maybe they'll have a second shooter in Benitez off, the, you know, off the bench a little bit. Yeah, Maya. Yeah, Maya's yeah, development and uh, 
Coach O didn't want to he didn't want to talk about it too much, but sounded like the Dukes put in a real good performance in a little scrimmage with the Cavs over the weekend. <laughs> he seemed pretty excited about when we saw him on Saturday. So yeah, and I can't believe the season starts next week. I can't Did that sneak up on you. Yeah, uh, it, big time. Uh, yeah, it's just it, there's, there's the whole schedule creep of college basketball in general. But um, yeah. this still seems early, given even given that development over the past couple of years. I, I <laughs> got my my tickets down here for where I work. And I was surprised to see it's like next week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going, bonkers. Yeah. UNCG is playing Kentucky at Rock this year. Just everyone's all excited about. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. But well, um, we, what's that? We, we know what's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're good this year. So we'll see. You never yeah. know. You never yeah, know. Maybe, maybe this, this group of diaper dandies will not, not produce for Coach Cal. No, everybody's excited down here because they kick off the season with their cross down rival. They play at A&T. Uh, next oh, week cool. so kind of a cool yeah. way to start the season for sure so with with that uh, thanks again to coach o but we are going to move on to football here uh rob we're going to do four downs from stony brook i don't know where we're going with this some positive some negative uh we're going to do a couple concerns headed up to the most impossible road trip in the caa <laughs> in terms of travel and yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to that but you want to start us off with first down from the from the weekend yeah Thirteen ten win over a top twenty program, a program that was out for revenge after being embarrassed last year. Um, a program that, quite honestly, was was or a team that was much better than I gave them credit for. I, I thought this was going to be a much easier game. I really underestimated Stony Brook's physicality. Me too. Um, all that being said, I, to me, the big clear takeaway, without any doubt, needs to be the defense. Yeah. Um, I mean. It, there were a couple of idiots, or me, pretty much the only person I know, <laughs> questioning how good this defense was coming out of the Elon game. And holy smokes, yeah, know, yeah, that was just one game, and you forget, you know, Adib and Holloway and some of these other guys um, getting healthy and coming back. It's just a lights out unit. I mean, they, they held Stony Brook to 113 yards rushing. Yeah, uh, Leotine was. You know, at, at times you can see what makes him so effective. Mm-hmm. He's just a kind of ball to China shop, head down and run. But he came into the game averaging like what 103, 104 yards by himself. Uh-huh. Um, that second guy, I think, Gallons, averaged 98 yeah. yards. Mm-hmm. Gallons. I mean, it's crazy. They held him three point three yards per carry. I just thought it was it was great. It was a great game plan. Uh, Jamie, I think, was able to do this because of the defensive backs. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. really tell one of the fun things about being at the game is you can kind of see that all 22 view. Mm-hmm. And you could see that they were just putting the, the guys out on islands and letting them go in single coverage against the receivers. Mm-hmm. And that enabled them to really focus on the run. Dimitri Holloway. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Him and word together I'm, are him and word. And yeah. it's word has, I think has been playing better and better. He did great as did Holloway against the run and the pass that pick he had, was some sneaky athleticism. Mm-hmm. You know, those batted balls, it's a free-for-all. And, you know, it's they're either like fluke interceptions or occasionally you see a guy make a play. But, like, he made a play, like, up over another defender. Yeah, or, and that was actually – an offensive guy. And it's such an example of how good JMU is across the board. Because I think yeah. Mike Green had the tip on that play. And having him yeah. and Adib in the middle, they are – I mean, Holloway and Word with Adib and Green healthy in the middle, it, it seems like Holloway – yeah. I mean, they're just free to run around and kill people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, they just, it seemed like they just ran to the ball and crushed people. It was, that's really fun to watch. And I think you're right about the DBs, Rob. Um, one thing we saw this week was it looks like Curtis Oliver is getting pretty close to 100%. Right? 100%. Yeah. I thought Charles Tut played a little bit this week, but you could see him, 
he, you know, it looks like he's still moving slow at times. I don't know if he nicked anything in the game this week or whatever. But as they get fully healthy again, you know, they're not – I mean, they're basically putting Jimmy on the best player and then they're rotating two or three guys on the other side and keeping them really fresh. Mm-hmm. But that that's making a big deal. And you can see, I mean, Adam Smith and Wayne Davis are really kind of coming into their own. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Wayne Davis, in the beginning of the season, it was like he was kind of letting the game come to him, mm-hmm. playing very much in a role – now he seems to just be kind of playing football. Yeah. He's more aggressive. He's all over the field. And that's what you'd expect as somebody gets more comfortable in the system. But he, eight games in, I, I guess this is probably a little ahead of where I thought he'd be. You know, yeah. He looks like somebody who's been playing in the system for two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's nice. I mean, with, with Amos and Jimmy, you know, I think it, it gives the other guys – uh, it's got to feel good to know that those two guys are around a yeah. little bit. You know, you don't, they don't really ever give Jimmy help whatever side he's on. And then for guys like Davis and Smith, who didn't, you know, play a ton before this season, it, it's gotta be nice having a guy like Amos behind you all the time. Yeah. So yeah. That, and uh, Jimmy had two passes defended or pa- I don't even know how you say it. Yeah, yeah, pa- pass yeah. defenses, but yeah. he knocked two balls down. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of them yeah. kind of saved the game in the end zone. It was the end zone right by us. Mm-hmm. Mark Warner, just an outstanding play. And the other one, it's like he reached in, and after the guy got his hands on it, he reached in from behind. Um, I really love how physical our corners play. Me too. How they get up receivers' faces. One thing I really underestimated about Sony was their wide receivers. I, I thought those guys were good because uh, Carbone ain't, ain't, ain't really that good at throwing the football. He's not really good at the game, actually. No, it's – I mean, whatever. Maybe, right. I'm sure he's got other attributes. Maybe he can cook or something. Right. But he didn't exactly throw a very accurate ball. I mean, it, some of those things were – that one pass interference, it must have been 12 yards past the receiver. And that was consistent all night. It wasn't like he was missing a little bit. But mm-hmm. especially on the in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. those guys made some really tough grabs. That, that was an athletic – uh, bunch of receivers. I, I really was surprised yeah. how, how good those guys were in terms of hands and going up and getting the balls. But JMU made it very difficult for him. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Just the, the defense was just – it's outstanding. It is. And, and yeah. before we get to all everybody's concerns, uh, we'll start with the second phase that is – I think what you're saying, Rob, is the defense is contender worthy at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are they, certainly – the way they play on defense is – is right there. They will. It will give them a chance against anybody in the country. And, and, and it doesn't make sense given all of the. Is Jimmy the only starter back? Just about. I mean, just I about. Guess, no, I mean, yeah. I guess no. Now you got. It, uh, was it, no. Amos didn't Hol- start. Was Holloway, Holloway was the starter? Except he didn't yeah. play. You know, there was some but injury stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but that's about it. Rondell Carter, probably the only other real, pretty significant contributor. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense that they've reloaded this quickly. No. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously Oliver and Tut, who haven't played much this year, did play a lot. I mean, they have played a lot of football. Uh, so, but but yeah, I mean, the Carters and Jimmy are about the only players that have played a significant amount before this. So, yeah, it's it's awesome and it's championship level defense. And one thing we saw this weekend, JMU has championship level special teams as well. And two players obviously stood out on the special teams this weekend, and they neither of them are named Harry O'Kelly. Uh, D'Angelo Amos saved JMU count. I mean, the field position he saved them from having with a couple of those fair catches in the fourth quarter were re- yeah. was really important, right? I mean, I mean, the one on the run in traffic, yeah. you normally think like the only big play a returner can make is a return. Right. Uh, duh, it seems kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. 
but it's it's not the right call. No. Just getting to those balls, or even the way he communicates and, and lets people know to get out. Like he seems so comfortable back there. But that one in particular, where he came running from like fifteen yards back yep. and caught that thing, that was either going to bounce another ten yards, or it was going to hit a JMU player and and result in a turnover. Right. Oh yeah, that's a big play. And then obviously for us, you know, what a great story. I, I think the star of the game, and, and we're going to see him for the next few weeks maybe all the way to the playoffs from what it sounded like from Coach Houston after the game, is Tyler Gray. You know, how cool was it for a kid that was kind of a star, right, a rising star two years ago and lost his position a little bit through injury, a little bit through competition last year, always tough, but never went away. And he's been doing kickoffs all year. And it's pretty hard. I mean, he'd be right up there for first star of the game this week. You know, he had a clutch kick. Well, two, I mean, two field goals, an extra point, and pretty much all touchbacks on the, in the kickoff game. Mm-hmm. But it was so cool. I mean, that, the last, I don't know if it was, was it the last field goal that was a little, which there was one pretty short one, but there was one that was a significant kick for JMU and obviously yeah. provided the margin in the game. And for a kid that's had to kind of bide his time behind Ratke, it, it's just so cool to see. I mean, he just seemed cool. And he seemed like a player that had played before and was confident. And it's, it's a real luxury at this level to have depth at a position like that. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that, he, he hit a 41-yarder. Yeah, that's, that's, what I, yeah. That, that's not a chip shot. No. And he hit it right down the middle. I mean, and you can kind of – And then a tight game yeah. in the fourth quarter. And you can kind of see the players, you know, just especially a few of the older guys be excited for him. And that was really cool. I mean, obviously, we, we don't know what's – I don't know what it's exactly up with Ratke, but Houston said he's going to be out a few weeks. So, really, we were – we walked in the game. We didn't know that. And we saw Ratke and Sweats on the sidelines and kind of were like, oh, I guess it's going to be Tyler's day. And little did we know it truly was Tyler's day. So, uh, that was really cool to see. Uh, definitely a kid who follows Twitter as well. <laughs> I mean, very humble and, and grateful after the game, but it was cool to see him interact with a lot of people telling him how, how proud they were to see him come back. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. nice. So what about you? I guess can, uh, what are we? Yeah, yeah, third, three? third down. Yeah. I, let's, we might as well just, you know, yeah, get pull into the bandit off right. and get again. And the offense needs work. Um, you and I, I think are in positions where a lot of people online or on the blog are, are calling us kind of nooch defenders or nooch fanboys. Um, I, I don't get it. I'm going to continue to kind of stick up for the guy. Mm-hmm. He definitely has room for improvement. Sure. Um, he's not making all the throws. He's not playing at a level that Brian Shore did or badly, but I didn't expect him to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he needs to, at times, there's a little bit of a hesitancy to, to get rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the deep ball, he kind of connected on one due to pass interference. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, he, he's got room for improvement. But so does every single other player on the offense. Yeah. Certainly on, on Saturday, save maybe Kendall Dean. I mean, mm-hmm. offensively, would you say anybody had a very good game other than Dean? Mm, very good might be a stretch. I, I, I think there's – I'm going to get into it, but I, I think there's a little more reason for optimism on the O-line and the running backs than, than what appeared in the stats. And I think Sony Brook has 20 seniors. Quite a few of them are FBS transfers. You know, Stony Stony Brook was better than I thought they were. They're a legit team. I actually I rewatched the second half of the game um, a little bit, and 
I came away thinking Stony Brook's a better team than Elon. Now that doesn't mean they have the same, you know, when Davis cheek was healthy and Malcolm Summers, they didn't have cut. Stony Brook doesn't have the home run hitters on offense, but they're tough. Well, they don't have a quarterback who can get it. Right. Too. But they're, they're brutal team, you know, a very physical team. Uh, they and, attack the gaps really well. They do. And, uh, and had a very effective blitz. Yeah. And I, I did think there were a few wrinkles in the running game early in the game, especially in the first quarter that looked like a coaching staff from JMU that had had a bye week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, I think you're probably right. Outside of Dean, I don't know that anybody – I certainly wouldn't say it for any of the other receivers. Um, you know, running back's always so dependent on other players. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard. Yeah, it, but it's interesting you say that. Now, I agree with you about the running backs, how it's so dependent on other players. I think a lot of fans, and certainly I'll, I'll count myself in this, we seem to give the running backs a pass. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's not their fault. They had a couple good runs. You know, you and I were sitting next to each yeah, other. Yeah, Cardon had a good we're, run. We're like, oh, wow, that, that's Cardon. You know, the, the quick shuffle and then just going north-south. Mm-hmm. Marshall, the same thing. Um, Sharp, as he seems to be in this fourth-quarter role, he went in and he had a couple good just kind of six, seven-yard carries. Mm-hmm. So we kind of view that and we're like, oh, they'll be fine if everybody else around them plays better. But yet, when the quarterback makes a couple mistakes, that's all anybody wants to focus on. Exactly. Like, like he's getting no credit for, okay, well, he still, you know, completed 60-something percent. Oh, but he missed this or missed that. Like, that's fine. I, I get that. Right. I'm not saying this guy is a Walter Payton candidate. I'm not saying this guy's going to go down as an all-time JMU grade or anything. But we're still seeing, you know, he needs to make plays. The receivers need to make plays. The running backs need to make plays. Everybody does. I just I don't think it's fair in in a situation like this to think that we can just flop quarterback or flip quarterbacks and everything's fine. Yes, I mean I, that that seems ludicrous to me. I think so too. Yeah, and and more than any of the players, they got to get some help from the coaches. Yeah, yeah. you know, like I don't mean to get too excited about this, but obviously, my you guys had to sit me down in the game in the first half. I mean, when you get to fourth and one at the 30 with, you know, going in, going on in Stony Brook's territory, what are we, you know, all the years, whether it was Mickey or Houston or anybody, the years that JMU has been good, they've been fearless in those situations. And just because Harry Kelly puts, Harry O'Kelly can put it inside the one doesn't mean it's the right decision. You know, and I just, I don't understand if you're confident, if you're so confident in your defense, why aren't you so confident to, to be more aggressive? Yeah, why trade and 25 then, yards? It's yeah. not that big of a deal. Like, And then the last two times JMU had the ball in the fourth quarter with the three-point lead, it, I almost would have been happier if they just ran it straight into the line three plays and forced the clock and forced Stony Brook on timeouts. But they, they're so – they seem back and forth. Like, they run it once. And then if you're going to throw it, throw it. Don't throw the little hitch screen with a bunch of young receivers getting blown up in the blocking scheme. And now you're stuck in third and long, and you're asking Danucci to, to make a play that's probably not really in his wheelhouse. I mean, yeah. That's my no, thing. I, yeah, I mean, I just think I'm, the, I'm, it's an odd It's very thing. odd because they seem to have gone to this kind of horizontal passing attack. Where mm-hmm. And everybody's blaming Danucci, like, oh, he's not going downfield. And a horizontal and rushing, rushing like attack. Like, it's, it's side to side. And, like, it's – Just give the ball to Cardin straight up it, the middle. Exactly. Like, it, they, did, they get four yards. And don't, don't run know? sweeps to the short side and things like that. Or – yeah, I don't know. I mean, they know better than, than yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean, what do we know? But it's yeah. just, and I definitely think they know better than we do about the coach, the quarterback situation. Yeah, but I, I think that's almost contributing <laughs> it to it because the way they're calling things, 
it could just be that they're yep. very conservative. And you remember we talked about this last year where in the first yep. half of most games, they they played a style of football that we saw this weekend where it was just like, yes. oh, oh, we're just going to play a field position game. But then in the fourth quarter, they get one or two big plays because they had more experienced playmakers, right. um, particularly at the receiver position. But this mm-hmm. year, it's like they're not doing it. They're, they're playing that very conservative one. They're doing these a lot of like bubble screens or, you know, they're running trips mm-hmm. trips to the side and then running the screen and the receivers miss a block, the play blows up. Or they run quick outs. Mm-hmm. And it gives fans the impression that like, oh, we're doing that because they can't trust Danucci to do anything else. Well, I don't know. I mean, is that the case? We, we right. saw them throw to the middle of the field more often in earlier points of the season. Um, and look, Danucci's clearly not as comfortable throwing to the middle. But as you pointed out over the, over the weekend, he also, you know, everything we run is a, a, a stop. I can't, that drives me crazy. Like, it, right? When we have all these athletes on the outside and they never catch it on the run. And it seems to me like if you do have questions about your quarterback's arm strength, you don't you don't call plays where he's a zip it outside the hash marks to a standing receiver. Those are the easiest ones to get picked off if you don't have the, mm-hmm. the quick release and the a lot of zip and, on the ball. Yeah, my last I, I do have to my last Danucci apologist remark on this is uh the one thing he's not doing, and I know he kind of got lucky on one or two this weekend, but he's not turning the ball over. And for all the people out there who are like, well, he's not Brian Shore, we also forget, you know, at times Shore treated the ball like there were infinite possessions yeah. you know last year and they're kind of were with a team that was that loaded and that experienced he wasn't wrong to do so yeah but I, you know i i don't i that's oh, i man. actually looked it up today it's just I, I looked it up today yeah. and nooch has four picks on 196 attempts so that's mm-hmm. one about every 49 pass attempts shore had 14 last year and 417 attempts which is one mm-hmm. every like 29.8 so like let's say one every 30 right so it's a significant, significant difference. difference there. Um, now, there's different ways to interpret that. You could say, hey, look, you know, Nooch is better about taking care of the ball or and Shore was a little reckless. Or you can say, hey, Nooch is not taking enough shots. I personally would be fine trading an interception or two, you know, every couple of games mm-hmm. if it meant, you know, creating that, that threat, <laughs> opening things up. I, I do think JMU is a talented team. I think there's a lot of playmakers. Mm-hmm. I think they're making it easier for teams to defend them than they should, you know, like, well, and this goes back to the whole, yeah, I think, sorry to jump in on no, you there, Rob. I just, it. it goes back to the whole thing of it. And we talked about this, the way they're using Stapleton, you know, and, and even Dean, you've got these playmakers, but when it's third and nine, everybody in the stadium knows what they're yeah. going to do. And they're going to double team Stapleton every mm-hmm. time. And now you're forcing Danucci back into the middle of the field to throw to a second or third option. You know, if, you know, easy, it's so easy. It is so easy for us to sit on the sidelines and make all these comments. And there, some of them are probably completely off. Oh, I'm sure if we're in the meeting room, we would laugh and realize how wrong we are. But it does seem like they're kind of calling these plays to mask weaknesses rather than calling plays to leverage strengths. And there are strengths on this team. You and I are not saying that Danucci has no weaknesses. We are acknowledging that he does have some. We're also saying yes. he has a lot of things that cause the team and the coaches to have faith in him and name him the starter. We saw right. those things earlier in the year. Um, mm-hmm. If it's simply he's not executing, okay, that's fine. But Houston hasn't indicated that that is the case. And he's not the guy, you know, he's not going to call no. somebody out like that in press conference. But 
he's a good coach. You know, Donnie yes. K is a good coach. Oh, great. Get yeah. these guys. Back-to-back championship get, games. Speak for themselves. Get these guys to do it. Create a situation yeah. where your quarterback is more comfortable. Let him know there's not a, a short hook if you throw a pick. I mean, short, your point about short is absolutely correct. Like, he just – he kind of had that jump shooters mentality you and I talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Where it's yeah. like, who cares? And he'd earned He earned that, it. That's great. You know, over time. Um, right. I, I don't care. Like, I – I'm willing to give that as a fan to show I'm willing to trade a couple more turnovers um, just for the threat of, of a deeper ball. I mean, heck, just even if you just run those routes like Stony Brook did, where they had no hope of competing them, you know, Carbone's throwing 15 mm-hmm. yards out of ground, out of bounds. At least they kept our defense honest. You know, we weren't. We That's weren't true. Thinking, so I don't know. It's the unit needs improvement. There is plenty of reason to be optimistic with the talent. It's kind of funny to me that all along we've been a little bit worried about this running back by committee and not going to a clear, you know, one back or two backs. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that problem is, is more showing its head on the receiver side. You know, it, yeah. Dean is now it, but like all year I was very focused and I thought it was great that they were throwing seven or eight guys a game. Well, now who is it? You know, like it, it, I assume it's Dean mm-hmm. and Stapleton, but who knows where Eldridge is? I don't know if he's hurt. Um, Jordan Brown was in there for a little bit over the week uh, on Jake Brown. I'm yeah. sorry. Is that, yeah, no, and, but it's and, just, it, yeah. it's tough to know who's doing what um, guys aren't getting a ton of reps. It just seems like there are a number of factors that are causing this offense to never really find its rhythm week in and week out. Yeah. I remember back before the season, we talked about receiver depth was a concern mm-hmm. and Eldridge got hurt. And so he's been in and out of the line of a bit and, Look, Dean, Jake Brown, and Josh Sims, none of them have played meaningful football before this season. And, you know, they've all flashed in spaces. But I, I do wonder sometimes if maybe there's and, – and as we said, in the stretch passing game, that requires a lot of experience and a lot of blocking from those guys as well. And I'm certainly not capable of diagnosing the quality of that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hope they can continue to develop. I think there's room for them to continue to develop. I'm not throwing in the towel here by any means. And I don't see any reason for the rest of us to do so. No, I don't either. But can can I just say one thing? And I'm not trying to lower expectations (laughs) or make much excuses, but we are in a situation where coming this season, I for one was excited, but kind of shocked that JMU was getting so much credit for like already being on that North Dakota state level of like, we can just reload. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's we all want to be there as fans. We all mm-hmm. want to compete for championships. I, it, it sounds like like we're just making excuses, but like they are six and two with tremendous turnover at key positions. Um, tremendous. It, yeah, they're not at that North Dakota. Jamie is not at that North Dakota State level as a program. Jamie has been in the past two championship games. That is outstanding. That that's you know the peak for many programs. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that we this will be a more consistent thing, but North Dakota State. I mean, it's it's year in year out. We're going back ten years. It's just it's not realistic to think that every single game is going to be a four touchdown victory. No, and that is why writers for the Breeze should let the players celebrate when they win a hard fought top fifteen CAA game to get yeah. their season I mean, back on I, track. At home I thought that was a little ridiculous. <laughs> I also think it's ridiculous that people react to it. I mean. He's got an opinion, God bless him. I disagree. I I can't imagine why anybody would feel the need to, like, argue with him. God bless him. No. I actually thought the other way that, like, 
to me, <laughs> maybe I'm just insane. That showed that as players, they probably respected Stony Brook a lot more than we as fans did. Like that was pure. Well, that was what I kind of yeah. That, like, they were in a tough game. They were excited. They're like, we just beat a really good CAA team, and it's, they weren't taunting them. It was a last second no, field goal. They ran down no, the band. They were, they were celebrating. celebrating like, yes, we just knocked off a great team. So Absolutely. I viewed that as more respectful than disrespectful. Like I did too. And we just heard Coach O say, it, right? He said first thing out of his mouth was, "What a game!" Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's such a coach yeah. right there. We won the game. What else did we have to do? Yeah. You know, that was our job for homecoming. Our one job was to win the game. We won the yeah. game. Right. And, and people yeah. get caught up on these spreads. I mean, the spreads for FCS football are insane. They're tra- there. I would have, I would have bet on Stony Brook this yeah. week. Like I definitely, if they're a tw- they're going to make them a 21 or 24 point underdog. They were, they were Come top on. 15 teams. Same thing with Elon. Yeah. They're 15. I mean, and they looked a lot like Elon. Yeah. And I saw what happened when JMU played. Yeah, Elon. and like, I think I saw something that, that JMU stupid. was like a 19 no. and a half point favorite against New Hampshire on the road with Knight back. That's Looney Tunes. Yeah, so we we'll go right into our concerns yeah. here, I guess, Rob. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, let's go straight into our concerns. I, I guess the, the first one is Trevor Knight and a reloaded, angry, bitter New Hampshire. Nothing team, to lose. Let's right? play spoiler type situation. Right. Yeah. A team that's been, you know, handled by JMU to some extent the last few years, even when they've made some, you know, they've, they've had some backdoor covers in that, mm-hmm. in that way. But, but they have been beat up by the big dog in the conference. And, yeah, they get JMU at home again this year. And, and they beat William & Mary by, the, what, the same score as JMU did over at the weekend. I mean, they also shut them out. So, yeah, I, I don't – Villanova, Villanova, yeah. Villanova, yeah. And look, Villanova, who knows what they are right now, right? But New Hampshire clearly did the same thing JMU did to them. So, yeah, I'm definitely – I'm not concerned. I just think it's a huge game, and it is one not to in any way be overlooked. And if JMU is in a 24-23 rock fight with New Hampshire, watch the game and cheer for the Dukes. Don't spend the whole time being bitter about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean – I don't know. That's, yeah, I guess that's, it was like a, this was not a rebuilding year, but it was a reloading year. It's a reloading year, and they're mm-hmm. still in the mix for a seed. You know, the, 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 that, the, they're in the mix for they're right now. I mean, we're going to watch Wednesday night at the halftime of whatever garbage Matt game is on TV is the first release of the FCS top 10, I think. And JMU is going to be on there. They're going to be high up there. I am interested to see, given JMU's schedule to date, if they are really – you know, as high as their current national ranking of third, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, it, it, I, it's, I do it too. And you've been friends with me for a long time. No, you no. know that I can be a sky is falling fan. Oh, I was yelling at people. I mean, poor, poor Dylan Stapleton. I was like, hold the ball. Hold the oh ball. my gosh. That poor guy. Yeah. It wasn't just you. Yeah. It was everybody around us. I mean, yeah. he made a really nice catch and run and everyone in the yes. stadium was like, don't drop it. Inappropriate. Yeah, it was not fair. It was not fair. Hey, speaking of Rob, one last thing. I, I'm actually I, I would take the opposite approach. I was thinking about it over the way over the weekend. People were like complaining about the students leaving early in this game at homecoming. Um the fan base was just yelling at players not to fumble and screaming about the quarterback. The breeze riders are mocking the team at the end of the game. And all I could think was like We've really arrived yeah. now. <laughs> like, this isn't just like a few blowhard 
super hardcore fans like complaining about Mickey throwing visors. This is a, uh, th- you know, this was like a, a whole stadium full of people being into the nitpicking of things. Yes. And as you said, homecoming is a weird, it is a weird, it's a weird weekend for students, especially because the lead up is so fun and Friday night is so big and everyone goes out and goes hard. And Saturday night is always a little bit of a, it's it's terrible. Like it comes it's down, terrible. right? Yeah. 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 It's like the, the plane ride home from Vegas or something. And I, the students have been great this year. They've showed up at other games. They've been there throughout. They were not this weekend, but it is homecoming. And a lot of them are invested in other things. I'm not going to spend my time worrying about students. Oh, I thought, I thought it was a really great. It was a great turnout. Great turnout. They just didn't come back after. Half yeah. Time, you know, yeah. It and, happens. And I look, it just reminded me, I was just thinking like, we've really arrived and it probably was a good time to start the new cap, the public phase of the capital campaign, which they did on Friday night. Um, as much as the, I'm sure that I will make inappropriate unleashed jokes f- for the next two years at some point. I just keep thinking of but Unleashed think, the Fury at Caps games with that Tom Green. Yes, yes, yes. But I do think it's a great weekend and it is certainly, there is no doubt, Rob, us walking it, you know, we kind of cruised around the parking lots a little bit the last hour before the game or so. It's, I mean, it's, it can't, for, if you've only been involved in this program or been following for the last four or five, six years, you have no idea like where it's, it's so great to see. And it's such a fun product and a fun experience. And really just, I don't know, Jamie's arriving a little bit if, if everyone's fighting, if there's inner fan base fighting about things. So oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Rob, did you have another concern? Going this week? No, just I mean, the, we talked about the offense. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see some improvement. I think a lot of it starts with the offensive line. I we're probably mm-hmm. underestimating the impact of Jackson um, being out. Yeah, I think you so. Know, probably. Mm-hmm. I, I, do we have any details? I, yeah. I thought I heard Rhode Island game, but nothing official. I think that's a yeah. bigger loss than a lot of people are are giving it credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought things looked a little better with Cheatham in there, but. Just in general, I, I, there's a lot of talent on this team. I think all the players need to make improvement, but they will. We've seen, we've seen plenty of flashes. It's just, can we get a game against a good team where instead of seeing flashes, we're seeing everybody in sync? I, yeah, well, and Houston said, today, said what today that he thought there was real flashes from the O-line this week, that there were some they were re- he felt like they were really close to hitting some yeah definitely and i don't you know he didn't want to throw anybody under the bus whether that's running backs or receivers blocking or whatever but he's clearly watching the film and is way more knowledgeable than we are so yeah, yeah. like I, like i said i didn't think anybody other than dean had a really great game but every unit showed flashes some of those runs you talked about with johnson and marshall it was them you know kind mm-hmm. of shuffling one quick cut into the hole well mm-hmm. it was big enough hole you know, give give the offensive mm-hmm. line credit. I thought Danucci made an outstanding throw on the right side on that third yeah. down one. Yeah, it's weird when people pick up the like third and ten or whatever. And people talk about yeah. arm strength. You flick some of those ones; they don't come across on television. But when you're there and you see people throw across the field on those outs, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Stapleton probably would have had a touchdown had he not been completely mauled in the end zone. <laughs> Well, then, then Kendall Dean did get a bit of a bit yeah. Of there, there was a little bit of that. Oh, there was a lot of average CAA refing. This oh, it was week. bad. The uh, when, oh, not I mean, knowing where to spot the ball after it went out of bounds on the kickoff was my favorite. That was what I was going to say. I mean, that was oh, you needed CAA like the right Benny there. Hill music with them running around oh, moving that, the ball. 
that was a tough look for my guy, average CIA mm-hmm. ref right there. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you saw the highlight of the Towson-Delaware game. No, I but didn't see any of it. The, Tom, the, the key play of the game was the Delaware quarterback being – I mean, he was down. He was so down. <laughs> I, I don't know that his knee ever went down, but it was, he was turned around completely. There were two guys on him. It was completely inexcusable for them not to call that in the grasp, especially given the way they call things on quarterbacks now. And somehow he still turns around and like makes a last, you know, last desperate effort to get it to a guy who just catches, you know, it, it was the play that turned the game, right? It should have been a sack on third and long for a 15 yard loss and turns into like a 40 yard play for Delaware to go back and win the game. Um, and I just was like, oh, I'm so glad that wasn't JMU on the receiving end of that one. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting up in Durham this weekend because who knows who they get up there. So always an yeah. adventure with the CIA. Always. So I think that about wraps up our 30 minutes or so of football tonight. Rob, for overtime tonight, we said we're not going to do a true overtime in terms of, uh, you know, any kind of topic or anything. We were probably too esoteric with our topic on Friday night. But you want to kind of say a few words about Friday? I guess I just want to say thank you to everybody, um, particularly Tim and Susan at Pale Fire. They were wonderful hosts. I, I cannot believe how generous they were uh, with us and their sponsorship of the podcast and just their enthusiasm for meeting us and putting together that event. It really oh, was, awesome. was great to see. And I was just absolutely kind of on cloud nine about that. But then to meet all the people who came out, um, new friends, uh, some old friends mm-hmm. that catching up with, it was, I don't know. It was, it was really flattering. Um, you and I, as soon as we got done, I think I looked at you and I was like, man, I wish I had known it was going to be this good. I wouldn't have been so nervous. Like <laughs> yeah. I could not believe that the people there really wanted to hear us. I, I was freaking out. Poor Todd and our buddy Rich were hearing me like, dude, we got to get out of this. Nobody wants to listen to us. I was like, there's no way that all these people <laughs> in this great, you know, tap room on a Friday night with all these great beers and this, you know, people got awesome seats and they're chilling. I was like, nobody wants to hear us. A couple of chuckleheads start talking about JMU sports. Like that is not, you, you go to a bar, you might expect live music or something. I, I view this right. as of like having a juggler come out at a bar and be like, who the hell are you guys? Like, right, the rose, the guy selling yeah, flowers I or something. Right? Yeah. I had visions of like the Dundies at Chili's with like the crowd completely <laughs> turning on Michael Scott. I And I mean, geez, Pitts and uh, some other people are like, no, 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 come on, you should do it, you should do it. And I was like, you guys are crazy, man. You don't know what you're talking about. Nobody wants to hear this. Um, we went up there and it was, it was really fun. I had a good time. I, I kind of regret how nervous I was. And I think... I don't know about you, Tom, no. but I feel going into this, like knowing how fantastic everybody was and the enthusiasm and um, mm-hmm. just kind of the support, we probably could have had more fun with it. It's probably a blessing for everybody because we, knowing us, we would have overdone it. It would have been longer than this podcast. And we'd still be talking and everybody would have missed the game right. and people would hate us. Yes. But yes. I, I really, it was yeah. so much more fun than I, than I even imagined it could be. And I really was more than anything else, just humbled. Um, it was so cool. Big people time. coming up and, I mean, people coming up and like shaking our hands and saying, thanks. I really appreciate it. It's so nice to meet you. Like, I hope I don't come across like some sort of jerk because I just sit there kind of slack jawed. It's because <laughs> I'm amazed anybody listens to us or reads anything we write. Right. But a lot of people seem to legitimately kind of enjoy it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, it, was, it, was, it was really a thrill. It was really a thrill. And thank you from the bottom of my heart to each and every one of you who showed up. And, and participated, 
had drinks with us or kind enough to come over and introduce, introduce yourselves. It, it meant a lot. Yeah. It, it means the world to us. Uh, you know, we've been at this a long time and we're, we're just fans. We're not in this for bigger, you know, we're not in this for the remuneration. Yeah. We got some free beers on Friday, but that's about yeah. it. Right. And uh, yeah, big thanks to pale fire. Connie Hofacker, I left you out of the shout outs during in the, I heard I was in trouble in that on that in the tap room, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you so much to all of our friends. That was such a warm thing. And Rob's already said it best, so I won't keep going like I usually do. But all I could think of, we, we took a couple pictures at the end of the night with friends, and that is, that is coming home Yeah, right there. That, that is a pretty incredible thing, that, and, and we feel so fortunate. And we feel so fortunate to have met alumni. I think we probably had – I'm guarantee we had alumni from the last one or two years there. And we had them all the way up to people 10 or 20 years older than us. And that is pretty special about JMU. So just thank you so much for a, a true homecoming. Well, what's also really neat is I saw some stuff online. I don't remember it was Twitter, Facebook, or there was even some Instagram posts about people saying, hey, it was really neat to get out and meet the guys from the podcast and the entire JMU sports blog community. And that yes. just, that really made me happy. You and I have always said, like, we wanted to create kind of – a place on the internet where people could be enthusiastic and talk about Jamie sports, but also not take it so seriously and learn to laugh about it and just have fun and not turn into this kind of vitriolic nonsense that we saw from a lot of other outlets at the time when we started it. So when people start to associate Jamie sports blog as a thing or a community kind of separate from us, but something we started that to me was, was the most exciting. Like all the people there, that you know Pitts and and Ben and Michael and Carol I mean we can't name you all but though Jared bringing us out yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I think of as well like we happen to be the ones on the podcast but it's all right. of us that are really what I consider to, to be Jane USB and it was really neat to see other people say that and, and point it out so again just could yeah, not we'd be, be nowhere all these years later we'd be nowhere without Rich and Steve mm-hmm. and Jamie mm-hmm. so thank you you guys as well <laughs> yeah well rob i will talk to you next week i really am looking forward to watching this one on tv probably be going back and forth with the women's soccer game on madison well you got to get um <laughs> direct tv or dish right this is one of those weird fox sports oh there will be a triad dukes party yeah you, you, you'll be figure this out. <laughs> yeah 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 so but i i really hope jam you can put i think i think uh, i'm feeling i think we're all feeling a little bit better about our chances with rhode island coming to town the last on senior day. So I think if Jamie could get through this one, we could really start projecting out a little more than we have, even with the Towson game at the end of the season. So hopefully the Dukes will be seven and two next week. And I will talk to you then. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks everybody. Go Dukes.